Hey, everybody, welcome back to Church Online. I am so glad that you made it. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. We are, we're so honored that you would join us today. I honestly believe that God has something powerful in store for you. And whether this is your normal church online or whether you have never seen my crazy face before, I, I honestly believe that God led you here for a purpose and God wants to meet you right where you are. And I believe that as we dig into God's word together today, you're gonna find something that helps that blesses, that encourages your life right where you are. And I want you to, I want to just set a level of expectation for you that you didn't come here by accident. God has a plan for you. I want to just invite you to turn with me over to Matthew chapter 28, if you would. If you're new to the Bible, open it up to the middle and take a right. Um, Matthew is an amazing book. And I think God has uh, some great things to say to us right where we live today out of his word. Matthew 28, I wanna thank all of you who are uh, supporting us faithfully with your finances and your tithes, uh, with your generosity. It has been uh, such an honor and such a blessing. It's, it's, a, it's a big deal to watch in the middle of all the things that we're having to walk through that God's people are still being faithful and they're still supporting us. Um, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, thank you very much. That's a big deal. As always, if we are not your home church, please do not send your tithes here. Um, those go to your home church. Many churches are in uh, extreme financial difficulty and uh, we are not here to take from your home church. Please don't do that. Um, but uh, for those of you that this is your church, your lifeline, you're getting fed here, the word of God, then thank you so much for being obedient and doing that. Um, uh, Matthew chapter 28. Um, I'm starting a brand new series today called Let's Get Real. Somebody say, let's get real. Let's get real. And I want to talk about the things that Jesus asks his people to do, that if we're going to get really honest, um, the, the things that Jesus taught aren't difficult to understand. They're hard to do. <laughs> uh, when Jesus says, love your enemies, it's not hard to understand that. It's just three words, love your enemies. But when you talk about actually doing it, that's hard to do. <laughs> when Jesus gives us commands, it's not like they're difficult to understand. He doesn't mix his words. There's clarity there but sometimes actually doing it, let's get real, it's hard to do. And we could talk about those things, uh, but doing them is something completely different. And let me just pull back the curtain and be honest with you for just a moment. I'll be, I'll be very vulnerable. Um, as a pastor, there are some myths that are associate, associated with leading a, a large and thriving and growing church like we are. Um, and one of those is you have a, 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 a great plan, you know the next step. Let me just be honest, I do not have the, the foggiest clue where God is going next. I have, I'm completely at the end of all my expertise and I've found that, that God does the most amazing things when we're at the end of, of who we are. Um, we had an amazing Easter um, this past Sunday. We had five services, five more online, um, lots, of, lots and lots of people that were tuning in and that were here in person. Um, over 6,000 people. Um, which is crazy in the middle of a pandemic. Like we're, I, I could never have imagined that God would give that kind of increase as we saw people get saved, people tuning in from all over the globe. Um, I, I am overwhelmed, um, overwhelmed by God's faithfulness, uh, by his love, by his compassion, by his kindness to choose a, a fool like me uh, to lead this. And um, there's a huge myth that I absolutely know what's coming next. No, I don't. I'm overwhelmed in a lot of more ways than one. I'm overwhelmed. And so what do you do when you get overwhelmed? What do you do when you can't see the next step? What do you do when you've come to the end of something and you're like, okay, what's next? Okay, Jesus, I'm having to trust you because I don't know what's coming next. I'm not sure what you wanna do. I'm, I'm at the end of all that I know. And, and when we get to those moments in life, and I believe that if you're watching this, you might be in this place or you're about to come to this place. And I know that about life. You're either at a place where you don't know what to do or you're gonna be at the place where you don't know what to do. In those moments, it's critical that we go back to the authority and the truth of God's word so that we can see what is he asking of me in this next season. Because there's always a next step that Jesus gives for his followers to take. There's always a next step. Now, it may not be clear in the moment, 
uh, but it will come if we're able to follow along with what, um, what he's, we see in his disciples. So this is what they do in Matthew chapter 28. If you're new to the Bible, um, this is a, a fantastic story. Jesus came, lived, taught, gathered some people together. Um, he was end up, he ends up getting crucified. Uh, he, he gets killed. Uh, but the good news is we celebrated last week. Easter proves that uh, Jesus did not stay in the tomb. He gets up and then he does what I would do, what some of you would do in those moments. He starts pranking his disciples. He has amazing moments where he surprises them. He jumps out of the bushes. He walks into locker rooms. He joins them on their road. He joins them at, uh, on the beach and he begins to meet with them. He, and, and he has the, the most fun with the simple fact that he has come back from the grave and uh, the ultimate prank, right? <laughs> the ultimate uh, moment in history where death has been swallowed up by victory. And in Matthew 28, we find uh, some, uh, some of Jesus' friend, we find the two Marys that are coming to the tomb uh, at, at, a, at a period of, of their life where they've just watched all their hopes and dreams vanish with the death of Jesus. They don't know that he's resurrected. Now, now Jesus had told them that he's gonna come back from the dead, but he's like many of us, when you hear someone saying, I'm gonna come back from the dead, you're like, oh, sure you are. Yeah, absolutely. And then... <laughs> It actually happens. So they show up at the tomb. They're getting ready to embalm the body of Jesus. They're, of course, grieving. Um, they're hurt. They're confused. They're disappointed. Um, they're at a, at a loss. Um, and in that moment, the, the Bible says in Matthew 28, I'll just catch you up, that a violent earthquake happens. Angels show up. The Roman guards that were there guarding the tomb to make sure that no one came to steal the body of Jesus. These guys just go into a, a coma. They, they go into a seizure. They fall on the ground. They become, Scripture says, like dead men. Like they just, Wow. The stone is rolled away, an angel sitting there on top of the stone, and he begins to talk to these ladies, and they're just in absolute shock. And I want to kind of catch you up there. We'll look at, uh, starting in verse 8. It says, so after the angels meet with these women, the angel gives them something to do. So remember, they're coming to embalm the body of Jesus. An angel shows up. He's not here. This is what I want you to do instead. And so he gives them the next step. It says, so the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy and ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them. Jesus pops out of the bushes and says, greetings. Wow. Can you imagine what happens when you just feel like you've seen a ghost? Like this is what happens. These are his friends. Greetings, Jesus says. And they come to him. They, they fall at his feet. They worship him. And Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Like, really? And if you can't see the humor in that, uh, you might want to check your pulse because that is hilarious. Yeah. Greetings. They freak out. They fall on the ground. Hey, don't be afraid. <laughs> we saw you die. Like we literally saw you die. Don't be afraid. And then he gives them a mandate. He says, go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. You know, um, the going part is not hard to understand from Jesus, but it is hard to do especially when you're at a place where you don't know what the next step is, where you're not sure how this is gonna uh, affect your life. You're not sure um, what, what God may have in store for you. When God says go, it's, it's pretty simple. It's just two letters, the G and the O. It's not hard to understand, but sometimes it's hard to do, especially when you're in a difficult place in your life. And I believe if you're watching this, uh, there are difficult decisions that you're gonna have to make. And to go um, comes with a lot of questions sometimes, doesn't it? Go, go where, go, but Jesus makes it very clear. Go tell my disciples, go tell my brothers and then tell them where to go. So there's this chain of obedience that he expects of his disciples in these moments, in the midst of their confusion, their fear, their anxieties, their disappointments, all the things that they've seen uh, that has happened that's affected their world. Jesus says, now go and I want you to do this. And then he tells the disciples, now I want you guys to do this. Remember the angels give them a mandate. So there's this whole chain of progression of them being told what to do for the next step. So skip on down to verse 16. 
So they, they, they meet the disciples. And now it says, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee. So they're following along with what Jesus had told them to do through the lady's testimony. They went to the mountain that Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And I wanna make sure that, that you, under, you understand. Here's, here's Matthew saying, let, I'm not gonna throw out any names there, but we all know there's a man that we actually call Doubting Thomas. Can you imagine being named Thomas your whole life and then all of a sudden you doubt one time and they just label you as Doubting Thomas and we know him by his doubt. Um, and then we also know that what happens after this is, is Jesus has to have a reconciliation moment with Peter. We talked about that last week. Um, so we know that it's more than just Thomas, but like I, I, they don't even believe what they're seeing here in this moment. They obeyed without necessarily even believing, but they still did it. And so it says this, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. He says, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus makes, makes sure that he's very clear in what he's telling them to do and how he's telling them to do it. The mandate is very, very clear that they are to go. We call this the Great Commission, if you're familiar with those terms. Let's take a moment and pray for God to open up his word to us. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that what you're, what you're showing us in this passage, Lord, applies to us directly today. And Father, whether we're in a place of, of deep confusion, wondering what the next step is, or whether we're walking into a place or we're wondering what the next step is. Lord, your word gives us direction. The word says that you're, you're a word, it's, it's like a light. It's a light to our, to our feet. It's a, it's a light to our path. Would you show your people what to do? In Jesus' name, amen. Let's, let's talk for a moment about following instructions because uh, depending on if you are male or female, you have a different idea of what following instructions mean. Uh, if there are written instructions, that means nothing to a male. And uh, generally that gets us into a lot of trouble. Uh, but uh, for females, I don't know why, it just seems to come natural that if there's a list of written instructions, they will read it and they will follow it. If there's a recipe, they'll read it, they'll follow it. And they're like, wow, it's, it's pretty easy. Just read the instructions. For guys like, we don't need that. <laughs> Obvious, look, A fits to yeah. B and then F comes in here. And then what's all these extra pieces? It doesn't matter. We don't need those. <laughs> is that thing safe? Sure, it's safe. I'll put it together. Like, and I don't know what that is, but you know, when it comes to, to reading and following instructions, men generally are like, it's, it's a badge of courage or maybe something like you just, you feel like it's part of being a man. Like, I don't need that. I don't need that at all. And uh, I, think it's, uh, I think it's really important to mention that when the angel shows up and gives instructions, he gives it to the females first. He trusts the most important news upon the face of the earth to some ladies. And I love that they were obedient and they just did what the angel of the Lord told them to do. And Jesus shows up in that moment and begins to give them the next step. And there's an important pattern that I want you to see that happens through scripture here when the very first message of the, the risen savior um, takes the globe by storm. It starts with just a couple of ladies stepping out in faith and being obedient to what God has called them to do in the midst of all their confusion and their issues and the problems and their fear and the anxiety. They just did what God asked them to do next. And so as, uh, as we're looking at this story, I think it's important to see that Jesus chose the women first and they never doubted. Scripture doesn't say they even asked why, they just did it. And you know, when it comes to the men, when the, when the men follow along, that says they finally see Jesus and they say, hey, Jesus, is, is it time now for you to restore Israel to the kingdom? Are you gonna overthrow the government? And, 
It's amazing to me how they still didn't get it. And some of them still doubt it. And it's clear from scripture that that's a, that's a, that's a big problem, that Jesus just kind of ignores all that and tells them exactly what to do. And so um, I wanna talk to you about finding your next step. I wanna give you um, just a few things. If you're a note taker, you might wanna write this down. This is important because once again, um, if you're watching this online, I believe that God has a next step for you and I wanna show you how to find what that is, even in the midst of whatever you may be walking through. Life has not been easy on any of us, but God absolutely has a next step for you. And I wanna show you how to find that. Um, The first thing that we see from this is when I don't know what to do, I do what I can. I do what I can. And so we see that these ladies have, have, have come to a place of deep grief and sorrow. They've not uh, just lost their friend, but they've lost their hope. They've lost their healer. They've lost their source of income. Um, it was a big deal. All of their hopes were pinned upon Jesus. And we know because we've seen the other side of the story that that's not a, it's not a big deal to us, but to them, uh, the news of the resurrection hadn't happened yet. Right. And so what do they do in that moment of deep loss? They decide to go and embalm the body of Jesus to do what they can yeah even if it was something that was dead. And I want you to think about that for a moment because they, they're, they're grieving, but they wanna bless Jesus one last time. And to me, that's worship. Worship is an amazing thing that, that we need to understand is, is a powerful key to finding out the next step that God has for us. When we just do what we can, even when we don't know what to do, what can I do? I can always choose to worship God. I can, I can come and lay myself at his feet. I can come and give him what I do have to give, even though it doesn't seem like much, even if it seems like my dreams have died, even if it seems like my marriage has died or my future has died, even if it seems like I'm at the end of my rope and I've lost all hope, I can still worship I can always choose to worship. You know, when sorrow is expressed with practical worship, Jesus always shows up. He shows up, he honors that, he blesses that. And then in that moment, what was total loss becomes incredible gain. Think about the shift in the atmosphere in this moment where they come grieving, expecting to to embalm a dead body. And all of a sudden they're screaming and run away with the most exciting news to ever hit the planet. That happened just like that because they did what they could with what they had. And this is important. If you find yourself in a stalemate, if you find yourself stuck in life and you don't know what the next step is, you choose worship. Give God what you do have. Make a choice to worship because all of the things that they came to the tomb with, none of them mattered anymore. Why? Because he's alive and he showed up and he proved his existence to them in that moment. And the angel gives them instructions, which leads us to number two. Miracles happen when I choose to worship. Miracles happen. Now, that may not be the miracle that you asked for and it may not be the miracle where everybody else can see it. It might not be the amazing story that Jesus is alive, but it could just be the miracle of God changing your heart or of God showing you the next step. That's when Jesus steps up, he interrupts time and space to you that you matter and he gives you exactly what you need. When I choose to worship God, miracles can happen. And I I found in my own life that I don't have to be happy to worship. As a matter of fact, my best praise comes from my deepest pain. My best praise comes from my deepest pain. And so I've learned to not be afraid of those moments when I'm hurt, when I'm exhausted, um, when I'm tired, when I've lost hope, when I feel like things aren't working right. Those are the best moments to choose to worship because in those moments, God shows up in a powerful and profound way. Uh, David says this in Psalm 130, he said, out of the depths, I cry to you, O Lord. We're not alone. But I think the enemy has this thing in our mind where when you've come to the end of your robe and, and you've, you've, you've exhausted all your options, that that's the time where you, do, where you give up and you say, well, God must have forsaken me. Yeah. 
Like, no, that's the best moment because you're emptied out of everything else that doesn't matter. And only God can fit that void out of the depths. I cry to you, O Lord. So just, you just give them what you have with a broken heart. And this is the moment in the lives of these two ladies where Jesus shows up and says, surprise, surprise, greetings. Hello. Um, I cannot imagine. uh, I wish I would have had a camera on their faces in that moment where they're, where they've just seen an angel and they're freaked out. And then Jesus just goes over the top by jumping out of the bushes completely alive where they saw him die. Can you imagine that? But God shows up and there's instant joy where there was complete and total sorrow. Yeah, that's good. Instant joy. You know, we can choose joy when we choose worship. Believe it or not, you can. Yeah. There is still joy if Jesus is present. So miracles happen when I choose worship. Here's the third thing. I want to, I want to make sure that you see this. Um, when you've come into God's presence and you have that miraculous moment where God begins to change your heart, miracles follow, uh, mandates follow miracles. So when God's given you a, that miracle of changing your heart, there's always something that he's asking you to do. This is where the next step comes from. And I wrote it down this way. When Jesus has done something for you, he gives you an opportunity to do something for him. And this is important because it's not just about you anymore, but God gives you a mandate. This is your next faith step. You know, these are suddenly moments where God gives you an idea. He gives you a thought or he gives you something that you need to work on or he'll tell you the the next step. Those suddenly moments come and they're followed by clear direction. And this is how Jesus gets uh, not only our attention, but our obedience. And by the way, this is a pattern that Jesus always did. He would heal someone and then he'd give them instructions on what to do next. Have you noticed this? He'll heal someone of leprosy. And he said, now go, your, go show yourself to the priest or he'll heal someone of blindness. He's like, now go and make sure you don't tell anybody or you need to go back to your family. Uh, there's several times in scripture where Jesus does this. Uh, the woman that's caught in adultery. He says, now go your way and, and sin no more. Here's the, here's the instructions that I'm giving you. You've seen the miracle. You've had an encounter with Jesus. Now here's what we do next. In order to get that from Jesus, you need to know that, that, that mandates follow miracles. He doesn't just do that and leave you where you are. But now there's something that you can do that he's asking you. It's a step of faith. It's a step of obedience um, that he asks of each of us. Yeah. And I want to make sure that you understand this because this is really important. Number four, um, clarity of mission is not the absence of fear. So we think that when we get clarity from Jesus, when we get the next step, that automatically all fear will be gone. That is not true. <laughs> As a matter of fact, sometimes when Jesus asks you to do something, that's when the fear steps in because you're, you're not sure how this is going to happen. Um, but I want you to notice it says, these ladies, it says they were afraid, but they went with joy. Think about that, that they, they still went even though they were afraid. They still had joy even in the presence of fear. You know, I, I think for myself, when, when I get afraid, I get paralyzed. Everything stops. I mean, I just, I kind of freeze. If I'm really afraid. Um, now, for people jumping out at me, I'm, I'm not a good jump scare person. Um, I was raised on the south side of the kingdom and uh, <laughs> you can pray with me, but don't play with me, right? So when someone jumps and, jumps and scares me, I automatically swing. That's, it, I can't help it. That may not be very Christian of me. Um, that whole turn the other cheek thing that flies out the window, it's just pure instinct. Maybe I'm the only one, let me confess my, myself here, but I will swing, I will swing at a person and I'll either um, shut down completely and get paralyzed with fear or I start swinging. Yeah. 
But when Jesus shows up, when he gives us something to do, uh, there's, there's real fear that comes because it's kind of this crossroads between um, what I'm gonna decide to do and if I'm gonna shrink back or if I'm actually gonna step forward and do what he's asking of me. But I, I found this to be true in scripture, that in Christ, we can have joy, fear, and obedience at the same time. We call that a faith step. That's faith. I'm happy to do it for you, Lord. I'm gonna be obedient, but man, I'm freaking out. <laughs> and that, that excitement, the joy and the obedience with the fear at the same time is exactly where you need to be. That doesn't mean that something's wrong because you're afraid. And Jesus addresses it, hey, don't be afraid. But it says they still went with great fear and great joy. <laughs> Faith looks like that sometimes when you're doing it in spite of your fear. And I think for, for some of us, we've been taught that if we're afraid, that must mean that we don't have any faith. Like I haven't found that to be true at all. Sometimes I, I have faith and I'm doing it and I'm scared to death, but I'm doing it anyway. Why? Because Jesus said so. So that, that absence of, of, of fear, um, I think it's a myth. And some of us were like, I, I'll, I'll actually do it when I'm not afraid anymore. Like, no, we do it in spite of our fears and fear is sometimes part of the process. And here's uh, number five. I want you to make sure that you understand this. One obedient faith step creates a ripple and you have no idea how big of an impact you can have by just being obedient with the next step that Jesus gives you. Amen. See, these two ladies were, were there at the tomb and the angel says, hey, go tell the disciples. And on the way, Jesus meets them. He says, yes, go tell the disciples. And now this is where. So then they get to the place, they tell the disciples. The disciples say, okay, we believe you. They go and they meet Jesus. Jesus shows up all the way to Acts chapter one, where Jesus is meeting with them and then tells them what to do next. So there's this ripple, there's this progression of faith steps that each person has to make. And the group gets bigger and bigger and bigger until Jesus says, now go into all the world and change everything. There's a huge ripple effect that takes place with a simple act of obedience, a faith step. One obedient faith step creates a ripple. You know, I don't know what your faith step is, but I do know this, if, you've, if, if it's been a while since you've talked to Jesus, that's your faith step. If you've stopped giving, you need to give. He needs to be the Lord of your finances. And I'm not here telling you that because I want your money. I don't care. Jesus wants your heart. He wants your heart. And if you've never been baptized, man, get baptized. Get in contact with a pastor and say, hey, put a mask on, meet me down at the creek or find a pool, we'll get baptized, whatever it takes. But that's your faith step. If you're not in a group, get in a group. If you're not part of a church, get in a good Bible-believing church, but take the faith step. You may not know what to do, but we know that those are things that are basic parts of just following after Jesus and being obedient to him. You need to do this. If you've never prayed to accept Christ into your heart to be the Lord and Savior of your life, to forgive you of your sins, that's your faith step. Or it could be that like in Acts chapter one, that their next faith step, faith step would be to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus had given them the what to do and now he gives them the how. And the how is through the power of the Holy Spirit, which is free for the asking to any one of God's children that believe. The Holy Spirit is free for you. It's not weird. It's not awkward. It's the how to become all that God has called you to become. When we step out in faith, when we begin to be obedient, we, be, we become um, um, obedient to what the Lord is asking us to do with those small faith steps, all of a sudden God begins to breathe and we can receive things like the power of the Holy Spirit and then it creates this ripple, not only in, in everyone else's life, but in, but in my own personal walk. I get the power of the Holy Spirit that's real. Look at this in Acts chapter one. Jesus says this, um, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then 
You're going to be my witnesses in, Ju in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I want you to know this. If you have Jesus Christ as the center and, and as the authority of your life, the Holy Spirit is for you. He's for you. And this is one of the greatest disservices that churches have ever done to people is to tell you that the Holy Spirit doesn't exist. Well, that was for a long time ago. No, it's for you. As a matter of fact, the prophet Joel says it's for you and for your children, for your children's children, and it's for as many as are who are far off. That's for you. It's the how. And perhaps one of the reasons why we're stuck, why we're feeling hopeless, is because we haven't received the power of the Holy Spirit, which is right there available for you if you just ask. It's that simple. Ask. Jesus promised it for all who believe. You know, um, because the disciples um, received the power of the Holy Spirit and were obedient, we're able to hear the gospel today. It's still changing the world today. There's a ripple that was more than just their life and their world. It's our world. Thousands of years later, because of some simple, obedient faith steps that a couple of ladies took at an empty tomb. I wonder who will follow Jesus because you're following Jesus. I wonder who's going to take a faith step because you took a faith step. You know, somebody witnessed to Billy Graham. Somebody witnessed to me. And maybe it's me witnessing to you. I wonder what God could change through your world if you're willing to let him. The power of the Holy Spirit's real and your faith steps are real. And if you find yourself at the end of your rope, ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to show you what that next step may be. He's real and he wants to have a relationship with you. You know, um, I wish I could say that, you know, during this process that all of them got it and all of them did exactly what Jesus told them to do. But some of them were just as hard-headed as me and you, if we can be honest. And Jesus says, you're going to receive the power of the Holy Spirit and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the outermost parts of the earth. But they received the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter two. And you know what they did? Nothing. They stayed. Exactly what Jesus told them not to do. He said, no, you receive the power of the Holy Spirit and then you go to the outermost parts of the world. They said, you know what? That's enough. That's enough for me. And I think some of us are stuck today because we've gotten just enough Jesus, just enough Holy Spirit to be comfortable. But the power of the Holy Spirit is given for us to go and to become who God has called us to be. It's the next faith step that Jesus is asking for you. And I wanna stir you up. If you've gotten lax in your faith, if you've gotten lax in your obedience to God's word, if you're not dead, God's not done. And there's more for you to accomplish with your life if you let him. There's always another faith step for you. I wanna encourage you to let him speak to you. And then even though you may be afraid, still do it anyway. As a matter of fact, the story goes in Acts chapter eight that they decided to stay and have a glory party. We're just gonna stay. We got the Holy Spirit. That's all we need. Thank you, thank you. And then persecution broke out and they had to scatter. So I don't know about you, but I don't want persecution. <laughs> I fought through enough in 2020. No mas, I don't want any more. I don't want any more. I am completely uh, uh, fine with becoming who God has called me to be with, without the persecution part. I, I, I don't want any more, no more. Um, I just want to do what God's called me to do because he said so and because he's given me the how to do it just like he has available for you. So for every single person who's walking through a period where you're confused, where you're lost, where you feel like some hopes and some dreams, and I just feel that so strongly from the Holy Spirit that you're watching this today. You may have stumbled upon this video, but God still wants to meet you where you are. He wants to help you. There's a faith step for you to take and it's a good one. And you may be afraid, but don't quit. Don't quit. You have no idea the ripple effect that you can have on your world if you just take that next step, whatever that may be. I wanna pray for you. 
and bless you as we finish up today. Would you bow your head right where you are? Father, I pray for every single discouraged person, everyone that's at a loss, that's not sure what the next step is. For those that have come to the end of a job or a marriage, maybe they've come to the end of a dream. Maybe they've lost someone. Lord, you understand all those things. Your word says that you were a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. You get it. But I love how you showed up in those moments in the deepest grief and you gave them something to do. And Father, I pray that you would empower my friends the same way. The same way. In Jesus' name. Now, as we're here in an attitude of prayer, I wanna end this like I always do by giving you a chance to accept Christ into your own heart as your personal Lord and Savior. If you've never done that, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me. I wanna give you the same opportunity that somebody gave me one time. It changed my life. And the prayer goes this way. Just, just pray this with me right where you are and let me help you. Just say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that you came and died, but rose from the grave so that I could have life and forgiveness for all of my sin. I invite you to come into my heart, be my savior and my Lord, be my boss give myself to you right now in Jesus' name. My friend, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I am so incredibly proud of you. I would love to get in touch with you if you wouldn't mind. Would you text me? The number is 94090. Text the words, I prayed. We'd love to send you some things that will help you understand what just happened inside of your heart and what to do next. Um, God has a powerful plan in store for you. Let us help you to see what that next faith step is. We would be honored to do that. For those of you that are, uh, that are enjoying what you're, what you're hearing, would you do me a favor? Would you click the share button? If, uh, if you would do that, you know, it's, Jesus says, go to the ends of the earth. It has never been easier to go to the ends of the earth. You literally have an iPhone in your pocket that gives you the ability to share the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. It's never been easier. And you know, it cost those disciples their life. They traveled for years through hardships to share the gospel. What we can do, with the touch of a finger. I wanna encourage you to take that simple faith step, share this message with your world. Use your social media influence to share the gospel of Jesus. You're gonna be glad you did. You have no idea what God can do with a simple act of obedience. God bless you as you go. I hope you have an amazing week. I love you. See you soon.